This parable comes on the back of chapter 17. You'll be surprised to see. This is the beginning of chapter 18. But the chapter 17 sees Jesus talking, first of all to the Pharisees and then to his disciples about when the kingdom of God will come and what that will look like. And I think the Pharisees have got one idea of what that might look like that would fit in with their perception. And actually, I think what what Jesus is trying to say is actually that the kingdom of God is near as you see and hear me speak, but it is near because it can be dwelling within you as you follow me. But you need to follow me and you need to walk with me. I wonder, have you ever felt injustice done to you personally? I suspect if we went around, most of us would be able to identify in some way an injustice, something that just doesn't feel right, doesn't feel fair. Maybe you're even dealing with an injustice at the moment. And I wonder how you deal with that or how you have dealt with that. Have you gone into battle mode? Oh, flipping show then, come on. Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Real kind of gritty determination. Maybe you just gave up. Can't, I can't be doing with it. Maybe you kind of just battled along. Maybe you sought help and advice from other people. There are all sorts of ways that we can respond to an injustice, some of them more helpful than others, I'm sure. An image came to mind as I was thinking about this today. And uh, just as we moved here, um, our, our car kind of packed up. And uh, so we had to buy a new car. And it was kind of halfway through an insurance year. And when I phoned the insurance company to say, um, we've had to sell our old car and we've got a new car and we'd like to uh, just cancel the insurance, they said, certainly, sir, that'll be £300, please. And it was like, I'm sorry? Sorry? What did you just say? And they were after money to kind of pay off the rest of the year's insurance. And it was all in the small print, I was told, that I should have read when I took on the particular piece of insurance. And I said, but I didn't know I was going to sell my car because it broke. And I didn't know I was going to have to cancel my insurance. Anyway, long story short, I felt a degree of injustice in that particular situation. And it went on and on, dealing with impersonal kind of bit of an insurance company after another. And it just all felt like a faceless organisation in trying to get justice, what I felt was justice, in that particular situation. Felt so removed. Ended up going to the financial ombudsman person, who actually, after about a year, came back to us and, 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 and helped very much so. We still had to pay a fair amount, but not as much as 300 quid. And uh, anyway, that's a long story. Don't get me started. 
But the image in the parable is also of a woman feeling injustice. But actually in Jesus' day, it wasn't a kind of a faceless organisation where injustices were kind of dealt with. It was very personal. This woman would have had a, a personal relationship with the person that she was, she was seeking justice with. She herself had to go to the judge to seek justice. She had to petition and make her case against the other person. The other person would have made their case against her. It was very personal. And in this parable, we see a disinterested judge and a tenacious woman. Luke introduces the parable by holding this image up of a tenacious woman and a disinterested judge to encourage his disciples to keep praying. Interesting in in the day before our, 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 our prayer day that we would have a reminder to keep praying, to not give up praying. And it seems that there are two things to, to see in this parable that Jesus is trying to draw out for us. First of those is, is an affirmation in a kind of a topsy-turvy way of God's character. Because as you see this judge, you're kind of thinking, is that what God is supposed to be like? But Jesus says, no, if that godless, unfearing, uncaring judge responds to a woman crying for mercy, how much more will God respond to those who cry out to him? See, we need to hold on to God's character. And actually at times when we face injustice, whether those are personal injustices or we see others walking through injustices or we see it on a national or on an international scale, there is plenty of injustice out there, isn't there? Plenty of it. We need to hold on to God's character. Important to hear the words of a psalm like the one that I I read this morning where we need to praise and praise God and continually praise God. Luke has tried to affirm something of God's character in his gospel so far. In chapter 6, speaks of, of God as kind and merciful. In chapter 11, as he touches on the Lord's Prayer, we see a holy God. We see a God who provides. A God who is forgiving. A God who is generous. 
again in, in, in chapter 12, verses 22 to 32. There's a, a, a picture of God as provider. A God who is generous. A God who wants to share his kingdom with us. Actually, it goes all the way back into the Old Testament. As we've seen in the Psalms. But I I wanted just to read one to you. Psalm 13. You might want to turn to Psalm 13. Because actually here there's there's a firm sense of God's goodness even when all seems a little bit hopeless. I'll square with you today. I have really struggled this week to try and bring a a message for today. I don't know why. don't know why that's been. But actually this psalm, Psalm 13, I found really helpful. How long, O Lord, will you... Sorry, how long, O Lord... Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts, every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I've overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord. For he has been good to me. As we're encouraged to to pray and not give up, we need to hold on to God's character. We need to see how much more will God respond if flawed and self-centred people will respond just by being kind of beaten down. It's actually quite a cool image that, that uh, the, uh, the, the, the woman and the, the judge, in, uh, in, apparently in the Hebrew um, kind of uh, setting, there's almost kind of images of, of a boxing ring. And this woman, I, I kind of have visions of this woman, a little woman with a handbag coming up to the judge and kind of beating her handbag over the judge's head. It's that kind of image. And, and, and the, the judge... Before I get a black eye, let me at least give her what she wants. That's the kind of connotations that uh, some of the scholars say are in that, and I I love that. But how much more will God respond if we keep faithfully, tenaciously praying? And that's the second thing to see, that if we hang in there, If we keep on asking God for help, we will see 
vindication. We will see a decision by God in our favour. Let's not forget that we have already seen a decision by God in our favour because Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. We didn't deserve to be vindicated. We didn't deserve to be given a chance to walk with God. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Maybe that will be now. Maybe it will be now that we see the result of our cries to God. Or maybe it will be future. Maybe it will be in eternity. See, I think what Jesus is pointing to is that there is a now for us to live in and hold on to and And yes, develop and thrive as followers of Jesus. But let's not forget that he's coming back. And that when he returns, which is what he points to right at the end in verse 8, will he find faith on the earth when the Son of Man comes? When he returns? When it's most unexpected? Will he find faith on the earth? Because he will give justice to those who call on him. So will our faith in Jesus be tenacious? Will it be driven by the hope that he gives us? Will we pray and not give up? What is it that's praying? Is it just sitting around in a circle and and, and kind of being quiet before God? Well, that's one way of praying. Of course it is. But actually, our lives day by day need to be scented with prayer. Day in, day out, we need to be looking to walk with God. Will we recognise that God is not a disinterested, distant party, but that he is personal and he wants us to walk with him, not just to, to give us to give him his shopping list, but actually for us to listen to him too. On the little sheet that I, I've, I've produced for, for, for the prayer day tomorrow, really encourage you, whether you use this sheet or not, at the bottom there's a big capital letter, STOP! Just be quiet for a while. In God's presence, where you've set aside time. Whether that's 15 minutes, half an hour or an hour, whatever you can do in, in the course of a Monday. Is there something that you feel that God might be saying to you? Is there something to encourage you or to challenge you? Do you feel that God is is asking you to do something? Maybe give somebody a phone call or write them a note. Maybe it's just to go out and, and speak to somebody. But actually, 
We need to allow God to be speaking to us as well as us speaking to him. So what does this faith look like that the Son of Man, that Jesus wants to find when he comes back? It does seem to tie in with faithfully praying. And who amongst us doesn't find that difficult at times? But I don't think it's a coincidence that the widow's cry in the parable is for justice. Because I think God's heart is very much for justice. That verse in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8 comes to mind. Micah comes just after Jonah. What does the Lord require of you, Micah 6.8? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Do we have hearts for justice? Will we pray for justice where we see injustice? Will we work for justice? Whether that's in our own situations, where we ask God to help us have a, a godly response to injustice. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we just let it all happen. But maybe we need to keep our hearts right as we respond to injustice, personally. But maybe there's stuff going on locally that we just feel, yeah, that is so unjust. And maybe we need to do our part. Maybe it's about prayer. Maybe it's about acting. Maybe that's something nationally. Or maybe that is internationally. Surely our bottom line is to respond prayerfully to the stuff we see on the TV that we hear on the radio, that we see as we go online, that we might see through Facebook or Twitter or whatever else we use to kind of connect with the world. There is injustice there. Will we pray? Will we keep praying? Will we keep listening to God? so that we respond to what he might say to us. It struck me that it wasn't just about justice, though, that that's very much the parable. But how else will, will Jesus find faith on earth? The other big thing that really struck me, as well as Micah 6, was in John chapter 13. Two very well-known verses in John Chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples 
if you love one another. I kind of felt that I, I needed to not keep speaking this morning. Hallelujah, some of you might uh, be thinking. But that actually we need to respond prayerfully, maybe quietly. Maybe it is just by rereading that passage and thinking, well, where, where does that leave me? Maybe it's to reflect on, on those verses in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Has anyone got their finger in Micah 6, just by the way? Just, we could uh, give anybody a page number if they want to look at that in a tick. Just after Jonah. There is a fantastic thing at the front of every Bible, though, called an index. So if you don't know where it is, use the index. It's great. Some Bibles have even got an alphabetical one, which is even better. 9.30. Brilliant. We don't need to be kind of uh, worried about looking for these things. Some of these books are so small and uh, the pages are so thin that it can be tricky. But maybe it's about just taking some time to reflect on Micah chapter 6. Maybe it's about reflecting on John 13, the need to love one another. How will Jesus find faith demonstrated in me? Where do I need to persist? Where do I need to be tenacious? Where do I need God's help to change my heart? So what we could do, in, by way of response, you'll see there's a great big cross here. And you might find it really helpful to respond by, by actually, I, I've got a bunch of post-it notes, which um, I'll maybe get a couple of people just to spread around uh, the congregation. You might want to just doodle some stuff. You might want to write something down that you stick in your Bible. You might want to write something down that you come and stick on the cross by way of response, by way of prayer, by way of bringing a situation. Maybe you, your heart is just breaking for what's going on. In Gaza. Maybe your heart is breaking for what is going on in Iraq. Maybe your heart is breaking for a situation right on your doorstep and you just want to write that out in prayer. Then there's an opportunity to do that in a minute. There's some pencils and some post-its and stuff. You might want to come and put them on the, the cross. You might feel you don't want to do that, that's fine. But I just encourage us to respond prayerfully and quietly. We're going to uh, take one song uh, just maybe to, to encourage us into a, a time of prayerful response to this passage. And then, Rob, probably I might just ask you to, to kind of quietly uh, play away for a little while. And uh, maybe there'll be some silence, maybe there'll be some, some music, but just opportunity to be prayerful.
and to think about your own response to this parable, your own response to cries for justice around the world, your own response to maybe how you need to love maybe somebody in particular.